Unrestricted Podcast, the podcast where me and my co-host Ryan talk about all of the profane and terrible movies of the world that we were not allowed to watch when we were kids. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> Merry Christmas, Josh! Oh, Merry Christmas, boys and girls! Wow! Santa, I didn't know you were going to be here today. Who is this Ryan you speak I, of? I, I don't know. You know, you know who Ryan is. He's on. Is he on the good list or the naughty list? Now, Josh, you're being a bad little boy. <laughs> you're pretending not to know who your friend Ryan is. I know who Ryan is. You said you didn't know. Oh, I know all the little boys and girls, good and bad. Oh, oh, oh. oh okay. Well, are you, are you allowed to tell me if Ryan is on the good or the bad list? Oh, he's on a separate list. Oh, shit. The he, kinky. He's on the blacklist. The blacklist? What's oh, the blacklist? The blacklist is saved for all the worst children of the world. Oh, wow. Really scary. Am I on the blacklist? <laughs> I'm really concerned. Let me check here. Into my pockets. Oh, here we are. Glover, Glover, Glover. Joshua, 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 there you are. I'm on the blacklist? No, this is the good list. You've been a good little boy. I was really worried there for a minute. Thank you. Can I ask for something for Christmas, Santa? Sit on my lap, dear boy. No, I was just going to ask for Ryan back. Is that okay? (laughs) Sit on my lap. I really really don't want to sit on your lap. That doesn't sound fun. Blow this eyelash and make oh, a wish. Oh, no. No. Okay. Okay. Not, no, I don't know what to do now. I just got a text from Mrs. Claus. I have to go. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, Josh. And Ryan, wherever you are. Merry Christmas, Santa. Oh, dude. Well, what did I miss? I, I don't know. You didn't see Santa on his way out? No, no, what's going on? We're just, recording the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Just, just, Am I late? No, 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 it's all good. Just a little Christmas magic you missed, and, you know, I think you'll be okay without it. Oh, man, sorry. I, I was running some errands, and I forgot that we were going to record the podcast on, on Die Hard. And... Oh, my God, I know, right? You know, are you okay? You look like John McClane getting off of a plane smoking a cigarette with a big teddy bear. Dude, I'm, I'm wearing my wife beater, and I'm sweating. <laughs> All's good in Ryanland, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm covered in blood right now. I don't. Know. It's a long story. Maybe we'll get into it after the. All right. Off, off mic, maybe. Off mic. Yes. Well, I'll let you know, two listeners. I'll let you know that Ryan is okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Uh, listeners, I am okay, and I'm excited because we're talking about Die Hard today. Yippee, motherfuckers! I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further. Oh, I'm very sorry, Hans. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. Who are you then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. A pain in the ass. Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. You know my name, but who are you? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee ki motherfucker. I knew that was going to come out really <laughs> soon. Yeah. I love that line. That was fantastic. That was a good line. That was a good line, and, man. And both John and Mr. Gruber say it in the movie. <laughs> I, I like when Gruber says it. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It was. This I was liked the it, man. First time you've seen this movie. This was my very first. I, you know what? I lost my diehard virginity Ooh, when I watched this. You movie. popped your diehard cherry. I did. <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. I think we just need to start all the way over. Did, did Marissa pop your diehard cherry? <laughs> so Marissa, you're here as well. 
Hello. Um, you both watched this movie? Yeah. Okay. Um, just initial impression. What, what did you guys think? Go ahead, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird when you call me Marissa. So, I actually... What does he usually call you? What, what's, the, what's the number one pet name? Honey. Oh, honey, okay. He calls me honey. Mm. I, I think I call you honey most of the time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I call you, like, Santa Claus and you ask me to sit on your lap, but... That's special occasions. Oh boy. What, what were the pet names from Pulp Fiction? Honey... Honey Bunny? Honey, honey Bunny. Bunny. And what was oh, the other crap. one? crap. Honey Bunny Is and, there another one? Well, the... Uh, honey Bunny was the guy, right? And then the... I don't remember. Oh, we're gonna have to go back and watch uh, Pulp Fiction. I just know Honey Bunny was... <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he calls her Honey Bunny. Oh, that's right. Anyway. Yeah. I really wasn't that into it, but we were like watching, you know, the introduction scene. Yeah. Where the bad guys are like coming out of the truck after mm -hmm. it like backs up. And... All of a sudden, Josh goes, oh my gosh, it's Alan Rickman. Yeah. And I was, I said, what? And I, it took me a minute to like recognize who it was. Right. Because I looked at him and I'm so used to like his huge, huge popular black, role was right. Snape. The big black wig. And yeah. The robe. And so I didn't, I almost didn't recognize him. They make him look so gross in Harry Potter. Yeah. So. I also, mean, you know, he has a few year, extra years on him for truth. Harry Potter as well. And very, very feminine as well in that movie. Kind of, you know, the long curly hair and just the way he <laughs> kind of carries himself. Yeah. After that, we just kind of referred to his character as like Hot Snape. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, no. We have nicknames for a bunch. Bunch of the guys. I, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, nicknames are so Hans Gruber, to me. Hans Gruber, one of the most famous villains in movie history, you refer to as Hot Snape. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hot Snape. Okay. And then and we I was also... distracted like the whole time looking at him. I was like, That's oh my right. god, I've never seen Snape look so damn good. Yeah, he had yeah. that five o'clock shadow and rocking it. Um, so uh, let's get to some of those other things. Sure, sure. In addition to Hot Snape, we also have Bizarro Fabio. Okay, I know who that is. Okay. <laughs> and then well, we one have, of the henchmen. Yes, and then we, we also have Psycho Urkel. <laughs> so those were those were our special names, you know, for a few of the guys. He was psycho. He just goes up to the front desk guy that's already been shot and kicks him right. on the floor. Yeah. While wow. you know, talking about Magic Johnson and the Lakers. I don't know. Maybe the coolest basketball death ever on, in film. So Yeah, for real. Um, so Josh, what, what did you think of the movie? Dude, the movie was fun. I, it was everything yeah. that I expected going into it. It was a lot of kick-ass action and Bruce Willis swearing at people and killing them and explosions and bad guys. And it was cool. I liked yeah. it a lot. I mean, Bruce Willis, this was at not even the peak of his career. This was at the very beginning of was his movie really? career. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, Pulp Fiction. This this was before Pulp Fiction, this right? This Pulp was Pulp 1988. Fiction. Pulp Fiction was 94, six years later, which was kind of a comeback for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was only known for this TV series on either CBS or NBC. It was called Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd. It was kind of this, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't remember. It was kind of like a noir series, I, I believe. Hmm. Cut okay. this out if I'm wrong. No, have you seen? <laughs> no, have you seen any of it? You know, I haven't seen no, any of it, it. Okay. but I, I know there were a lot of dream sequences mm. in it, and it was kind of ahead of its time. It won some Emmys. Yeah. A lot of like undershirt scenes. Undershirt scenes, you know, you know, like a wife beater. Oh, the like wife beater. Like <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I, you know, he was kind of a sex symbol at this point. So you know, this was when he had a good has, head of hair. I was going to say, has he always been bald? I've only ever known Bruce Willis bald. This was before he uh, was introduced to Keeps, one of the future sponsors of this podcast. Keeps. Oh, oh, right and on your head. Potential. Oh, is that similar to Rogaine? Uh, I don't know. I, I know a lot of podcasts get sponsored by Keeps. We so. can get Rogaine to sponsor too. And you know what? You know, while we're at it, any ED stuff, 
Send your stuff our way. We're good, man. I mean, we're both okay in that department, right? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, wow, this got a lot more I mean, personal than I thought it was going to get. TMI. You know. <laughs> I have four kids, so. It works great, guys. Yeah. It works great. Um, did this movie bring up any memories of, I, I mean, either war Christmas parties, church Christmas parties, <laughs> or office Christmas parties? I don't know if you guys in the, any of your previous jobs have attended any office Christmas parties? I have. I have as well. I, I, I can't say I've ever seen anyone murdered at the Christmas party before. <laughs> That's uh, where it got crazy. Yeah. Because before in the movie, when they introduced the party, it, was, it looked boring as fuck. Like this We've been to a few. Oh, you know what? Actually, one year, Marissa and I were in charge of the Ward Christmas party. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, to sell. We were. Okay, I, I need it was some a, It was a wonderful affair. No, I actually, that's probably the most oppressive I've ever been. Because <laughs> the month before, I had miscarried a baby. Oh, and yeah. I literally hated everything happy at that time. I was yeah. really depressed. And so... And then they just expected you to carry that burden of... of well, I, I was really and early, and so nobody had known, and that's, especially, like, when you I, go through it, I think yeah. that you don't, I don't know, the couple people that I had opened up and talked to about it were just like, well, you wouldn't have wanted that baby anyway because it probably had a problem. And I'm like, cool, that makes me feel so that's much better. Awful. I'm sorry. So, I, I don't know. I wasn't probably in the best place when we did that, but we kind of did the minimal, easiest possible just to yeah. get through it. What was the theme of this party? Well, it was Jesus. Jesus' birthday. <laughs> that was the theme of the party. <laughs> right, because it has to be centered around Jesus or else there's a war on Christmas, Actually, right? I'm pretty sure it was centered oh, but around you know what? Santa. the catering company that we uh, Yeah, hired. well, there was, we had a mix-up in the catering. We had two caterers show up with food, <laughs> and we had to tell one to go back, and they were not very happy. It was was no. pissed. Were they refunded or? or um, no, they. The, no, the lady a, told a, me that she wouldn't come. They wouldn't come deliver the food unless we pre like two weeks prior delivered a check. Mm. And I had just called to get a quote. Mm -hmm. And so apparently she put me down on the books without payment, and they showed up without <sighs> having crazy. been paid with fifteen hundred dollars worth of food. What in the world? Yeah. So wow. he was not very happy. These war Christmas. They must be used to it. Like these war Christmas parties must be like big money for them. I, I don't... I'd imagine so, for these catering businesses. I mean, they have a lot of money, so why not? Yeah. I don't know. I we, I, I didn't go with them because they were so expensive. Can I ask what your guys' budget was for this? He didn't give us a budget. He really. just, <laughs> so you just spent whatever. He just said, um... Just kind of run it by me. Yeah, this is what we usually do, and we'll just pay for whatever. But if one's, you know, significantly cheaper, just go with that one. Because we had two, I you know, two places in mind. Mm hmm and um, so we priced out for both. We had the little mix-up with the first one. They thought we were actually, you know, going through with it, even mm. though they, you know, we were supposed to call back and to confirm. Right. So then we went with the other place because they were cheaper. But oh yeah, it was just and we you got know, way this more is, food. You can spend as much too. as you want, no questions asked. Basically, I mean, just we're give them, you know, let them know. We're talking about a hundred million dollar plus church here, so there's money to go but, around. You know, I know a lot of the funds are related to the number of active members mm. and things like that. We were, we were in like a high activity the area. area. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was a nicer area. So I'm mm. sure that they had more money. So I, I don't know if like every ward would have kind of like the unspoken budget that we did, but <laughs> right. basically the only thing that I had to kind of run by him was the catering. So we That's did it really funny. simple though. Like we borrowed people's 
speakers and you know sometimes the church will cut corners where it wants but other times it'll just go spending like isn't crazy it, isn't it interesting ryan how they will ask members to come you know for example clean the building clean the and, chapel and, without paying janitors and or do you know, do yard work for the church and things like that mm-hmm. but then when it comes to the christmas party it's just like but whatever you, you want but you know you know that in every single ward there is a struggling family that if you said hey we will pay you x amount of dollars to come in every saturday and to do this list and clean everything and pay like pay a struggling family holy shit we would have done that they, they could do that or they could get new upholstery for their opulent temples amen to that that is true so that choices true. choices are hard um, yeah. One thing that's really popular at these like office Christmas parties and work Christmas parties is white elephant gifts. I have very strong feelings about white elephant gifts, Ryan. No, you, you do have strong feelings about many subjects. That we've I do. Of on yes, this I'm very, yeah, very passionate and, about a few things. So you're passionate about white elephant gifts. Yes. Yes. Did you receive a bad white elephant gift one time? Well, no, here's the thing. I just think if you're going to do a white elephant gift, it should be a white elephant gift. Uh, so, for example, I go to the in-laws Christmas party every year, and I'm going to try to be extremely respectful oh, about the okay. way I talk but, about yeah, this. We're, uh, walking because I'm also nice. in the presence of my wife, and who knows who listens to what the hell we talk about on here. <laughs> So, I will just say, the white elephant exchange at the in-laws, it goes like this. There's a set limit, supposedly, of money that you're supposed to spend on the white elephant gift. It's right. usually like $20. $20. Okay. That's reasonable. Okay. It's 25 per person. But reasonable. It's not... Everybody tries to outdo each other on the gift. There's one particular person who spend all, all, every time spends way more and relishes the spotlight of having the best gift for the white elephant. Specifically but here's my thing. to get people here's, to fight over here, what. But no, but here's where it all comes crumbling down. Like, white elephant should be like a funny, like not serious event for yeah. me. But not like fun. get the best gift. Okay, so I, I'm, totally, I'm totally cool with like white elephant gifts where it's like gag gifts and like the fun stuff, <laughs> but not like purposefully spending extra money to try to make the biggest gift so that everyone tries to fight over the gift. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Doesn't that just, it just kills the spirit of yeah. the holidays. It's me. not a white elephant gift exchange if you're trying to outdo each other. It's yes. just, it's just a gift exchange. Yeah, so, so I, I have a white elephant gift exchange coming up soon at work. The limit is $10 and I'm going to go get something really <laughs> stupid and funny for the white elephant gift exchange because that's, in my opinion, that's what it's for. You should get 10 car air fresheners. You know what? That's a good idea, Ryan. Yeah, I'll just go hit up the dollar store. Anyways, I have some really good ideas, like a book about crafting with your cat's hair. Oh, nice. You know, you get the extra hair from your cat, and then you can, can like, you know, make little wool out of it. So you guys don't have a cat, so what... What do you plan on doing? Well, our dog hair. We have plenty of dog hair. We have hair. enough of it. He's half but, um, husky. Anyway, so that's you know that's one idea. A book about that for the Christmas party. Now, someone someone went to a publishing house and said, "Here's my idea for a book." <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good. I'm making crafts out of my cat's hair. You know, and the I'm guy was fair. like, "Hmm, you know, I was gonna take the night to think this over, but sold cat hair yeah. book." You know what, though? There's crazy ideas everywhere. Have you heard? Have you have you listened to the podcast? My dad wrote a porno. Yes. <laughs> it is hilarious. Yeah. The dad's porno book uh-huh. is the worst. 
Yeah. Porno books ever. It is so badly written. But yeah, because it's people. It's 50 shades on crack. Like, but it's, it's not even well written. It's no, so it's gross. Not. Anyhow. Yeah. Basically, because they've done this podcast about it and people think it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. He, he's, like, making dough on it because it's written so badly. Right. So that's what the cat hair book is about. It's just people enjoy buying bad stuff sometimes. For real. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some movies that are like that, too, Marissa. Like, there's this movie called The Room, which um, was released a few years back. And it was this horrible, low-budget movie by this no-name director. And he basically funded this thing himself, right? And he wrote it himself, and he starred in the movie. And it just has the worst acting. But when it premiered, it became this cult hit. Like, people, it was so bad it was good, right? People flocked to theaters to see this movie. Mm. And now they go every year. And, and they flock to theaters to see this movie. New tradition. <laughs> New Christmas yeah. tradition. But, That's um, hilarious. Well, we're, we're talking about Christmas, right? And specifically Mormon Christmas? Oh, crap. Because I'm that's have to what go we back grew up with, right? Mormon Christmas. Oh. So what, what kind of Christmas memories do you have? Like, I, you know, my Christmas memories as a child are full of going downtown to see see the Christmas lights. Yeah. By, some, at, at Temple Square. Very religious traditions. Right. Yeah. Um, seeing the um, Mormon Tabernacle Choir, seeing their, their Christmas special, mm -hmm. whatever it is. You know, I have a list of guests that appeared on with, with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. That sounds like fun. Let's hear. So, for their Christmas specials in the past, these are some stars, some famous people that have appeared. Um, Kristen Chenoweth, the Muppets from Sesame Street, <laughs> Santino Fontana, who plays the bad guy in Frozen, I believe. Santino Fontana. He sounds like he should be in The Godfather. <laughs> uh, John Reese davies who mm. plays Gimli. Tom Brokaw. <laughs> The news anchor. Yes, yes. Jane Seymour, Natalie Cole, Walter Cronkite, <laughs> Angela Lansbury, Gladys Knight, and the funniest one for me is Peter Graves. Do you know who that is? I do not know who Peter Graves is, Ryan. So, enlighten me. So he's the captain from the movie Airplane. Have you seen Airplane? Ryan, Airplane is rated R. Is it really? No, it's, I think it's Isn't CG. It? Yeah, I think it's got naughty humor in it, but I think it's... Airplane. Like, back in the 80s, PG would be R today. We'll do some research here. But see. anyway, so he's the captain in that movie, and he's he's got so many bad lines in that movie. Just watching him with the Tabernacle Choir was hilarious <laughs> to me. Like, he, at one point, a kid goes into the cockpit mm -hmm. to talk with him, the captain, and he goes, Joey, do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> Oh. Like, he's coming on to the kid. It's like, this was humor That's back in the really, 80s. really... Yeah, you know what? I, I could have used some salty humor to, like, <laughs> break up... It is PG. Up. It is PG? Yeah. Okay, well... eighty baby. Yeah, a, a lot of these... It's the 80s for you. 80s comedies were... They had rated R material, but they were rated PG, so... Okay. Um, well, that, that's a really uh, fun list there, Ryan. Yeah. Well, what about you? Any Christmas memories specifically geared um, toward, you know, religion? Well, you know, we would also visit outside of Salt Lake Temple for the Christmas lights. That was something that we did every year. Yeah. Any other religious traditions? You. I feel like you guys had kind of... Nice ones. Just traditional, just I, traditional secular Christmases at your house, or was it centered around the nativity? That, am I that old that I can't even remember? Mine was Christmas legit memories? centered around the nativity. Uh, I want to hear about yours. I, yeah, I guess mine were just boring. Sorry. I grew up in northeastern Oregon, and we 
almost no fail had like a foot and a half of snow and we would wake up on Christmas and we would wake our parents up super early and by the way my parents waited until the night before Christmas to wrap all the gifts so they would be up to like two or three in the morning oh, and then they didn't want to wake up the next morning would these be gifts that they said were from Santa yes okay that makes sense so what ended up happening was we would wake them up and they'd be like dead tired and so they'd sleep in and we weren't allowed to touch gifts or our stockings until. So we just literally sat on the couch and finally pestered them enough that they got up. And then we had to look at all of our presents while we went over the nativity story before we could open up Christmas yeah. presents so that we could remember that Christmas isn't about presents even though they give us presents. It's about, <laughs> it's about Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus gave everyone the biggest present of all, Marissa. Now, I'm, I'm going to be fair. I'm kind of like you, Josh, where my family... I, I do have fond Christmas memories. Yeah. You know, I have fond memories of childhood, I, especially know, during Christmas time. I, I don't have a lot to complain about. I really don't. I mean, I got a lot of stuff. I got... You know the, the talk boy from Home Alone 2? Heck yeah, man. I got that one. Yeah, that's, that's my awesome. favorite gift, where I would make radio shows on, on cassette with my sister. That's so cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have a lot to complain about. I, I do remember one of our religious traditions for um, for Christmas, now that I've thought about it a little bit, is on Christmas Eve we watched the animated version of The First Christmas. Okay. Put, that was, I'm assuming, produced by the church, hmm. the Living Scriptures version. For okay, those of you I, who are I've familiar. seen that one, yeah. So that was... It was scary because it even yeah, shows like it. King Herod proclaiming there, that the, all the firstborn yeah, children must die. There are a few intense parts, I suppose. I don't think there's any actual killing, though. So I think we're good on that part. But um, that was a tradition. Mr. Kruger's Christmas? You know, oh I have goodness. this in my notes. Marissa just pulled up on Wikipedia... Mr. Kruger's Christmas. We watch this every year. We should do a podcast episode for Mr. Kruger's Christmas. <laughs> Marissa, I put this in my notes because I wanted to talk about it because the first time I saw this movie, Mr. Kruger's Christmas, was on my mission. Whereas you say you've seen this, you, you used to watch this every year with your family. We, we grew up watching this and we also used to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Josh, and have I you seen Mr. Kruger's Christmas? I have maybe seen it once. Okay. I remember he, very little about it. How he holds the little nativity Jesus and I cries. <laughs> I hardly remember anything. Just Jimmy Stewart being old. That's and, all I remember. And, and he hangs the little girl's mitten on his little mini Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Right. So it stars Jimmy Stewart. produced by the church. Tell us about the story of Mr. Kruger's Christmas, Marissa. Oh, okay. Mr. Kruger is... What do you remember? It's this little old man who lives in this shitty little apartment. Just a sad guy. He's like a janitor, right? I don't. I didn't remember that part, but yeah. yeah. So he's 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 sad he, you can tell that he's lonely and he's like no no like disparaging anything to, to custodial staff because oh, that's, no. that's a job but i'm saying the way it's presented in the movie it, it's almost like they're saying this is the worst job anybody could have i know some very lovely custodians Me thank too. you very no. much so no. yes i agree, with you. I agree with you ryan I absolutely but it is interesting that they portray it in that fashion though because that's right that's not that like he doesn't have a lot of purpose like to life and that's kind of the the point of the movie yeah oh and so he, he needs jesus to get over his lack of a fun job Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, continue. I'm just Please, sorry. listening. No, you're okay. So he lives in like this basement flat with his cat, George. <laughs> oh, George. George the cat. So on a cold Christmas Eve, he daydreams. This is, I'm just reading from Wikipedia. Um, he daydreams to escape his lonely life. And There's no room at the inn, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you want the moon, Mary? There's no room at the inn. That's a really... What, that's what do you mean good. you don't have the money? It's a Joe's house. <laughs> 
So he muses about being a man of culture and means and like an ice dance at Temple Square and a sleigh ride and, <laughs> as well as the conductor of the Mormon. Motel. Oh yeah. Doesn't he have this scene where he hallucinates and he's like <laughs> yes. on some hard shrooms or something <laughs> and he's conducting the Mormon tabernacle yeah. fire. Right. He, he drops some acid before and then yeah. <laughs> him and his cat go to dreamland. You know what? That would be a great thing to envision or to hallucinate while you were high. I don't know. I think that sounds like fun. Of all the things you could possibly, you know, potentially Oh, that would be the worst. Oh, I'm back in the church, but now I'm conducting the Mormon Tabernacle Choir? It's no, literally like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I hated being the ward choir director. It was the worst calling ever. Oh, I didn't know that was your calling. Oh, do tell, Marissa. Tell us about being the ward finish. Okay, director. <laughs> Anyhow, he gets carolers that come and some little girls overlooking in the nativity and she's taken off her gloves and she grabs her gloves and one falls and they leave and he can't find them. Anyhow, he hangs the glove up. He hangs the glove up on his little tree and then he hallucinates going to visit, um, you know, Mary and Joseph and infant Jesus. So, that is so funny. Yeah, and then, and then eventually I think the little girl comes back for her glove and he's like, it's a Christmas miracle. So, so he met one um, friend and so... A little girl so. that came to his house. The miracle was that he made a new friend? I, I don't know what the miracle is. That, so, he, that he thinks he's important because he goes to see baby Jesus and he talks to his infant who just like looks at him the whole time. I, I guess Jimmy Stewart had a lot of um, affinity for for the Mormon church. He mm -hmm. was a Mormon himself. He was like Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. But he ended up donating a lot of his movie memorabilia to BYU. I did not know this. Where is all of this memorabilia, Ryan? I don't know. And... Locked it's away in the, in the vaults. vaults. <laughs> it's in the mountain vault. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's get that LDS stuff out. mountain vaults. If you guys don't know, the LDS church has a mountain vault where they keep all the genealogical records of and other things, every probably. person that's been baptized. And all of the movie memorabilia that, you, that they got <laughs> from... <laughs> God damn it. Release the memorabilia. Hashtag free Jimmy Stewart's stuff. Let's go. Let's start an uproar. Hashtag free Jimmy Stewart's stuff. <laughs> Come on, man. How can that not go viral? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Belongs to the or something. I mean, re regarding the, the calling, the oh, Lord Choir yeah. calling, it, yeah. was, it was hell on earth. And I had to, like, bitch out some punk older guy who was... You had to bitch out someone? In the My middle. My God. <laughs> That what exactly did you do to him? No, I'm, I know, I'm just I, he's giving me a hard there. time. I'm giving her a hard time. It's okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead and tell us about how wonderful it was to conduct the choir. No, I hated it. Oh. I hate Basically, somebody found out that I did choir in high school and... Um, did you mention that it was for the singles ward? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was ward. horrible. So I was I was brand new, fresh out of high school. I was 18 yeah. years old. I wasn't even 19 yet. I was barely 18. Expected to get married at that point. Yeah, but the guys wouldn't date me because I was too young. It, like it's That's never been a problem for a Mormon before. <laughs> it wasn't a problem for you. <laughs> you were not 18 when I was dating you, Marissa. You're right. I was I was barely 20. You were just shy of your 20th birthday. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say barely legal. <laughs> oh God, no. I I, I I got that well, that reference. You got the that way. reference. Okay. The, the Fanny Fanny Alger. Anyhow, no, he he would show up and he was an asshole and would talk through all sorts of all the 
intros and stuff when we're like practicing and I finally got super pissed one day and I just like stopped and stared at him and he kept talking and finally somebody was like dude shut up and he looked at me and he was like what and I was like dude we're practicing and you're like talking like how do, like you're not even looking at me how am I supposed to conduct you Marissa is this person still alive yeah. yes hey. I hope you hear hey. this because I know you very well and I would not get away with that shit hey are, are, are you listening asshole <laughs> Are you listening to this podcast? Because your days are numbered. <laughs> I will fight you. No, I finally was like, he was like, I don't have to listen to you. You're like 18. And I was like, cool. So you're going to get up and you're going to lead all this. And I can sit down and I can be disrespectful towards you. And I'm going to talk when you tell me to shut my mouth. Hey, asshole. <laughs> you hear that shit? She is not playing around. She's got a specific set of skills. You know what? That was really big for me at 18 years old. I was to very, tell someone off? Oh, in front of in front of the whole choir. Yeah. And nice. Yeah. He finally shut up, and I I was Good. pissed. And then I I don't even know if he kept coming to choir. <laughs> well. But I didn't miss him. I was like, cool. You're about to get kicked out because you're an asshole anyway. He was like oh, too yeah. old to be in like the singles ward. Oh, well, I I applaud you for dedicating your time and talents. Hell yeah. All that you have. <laughs> I never have to do it again. Sorry. Woo! On that note, um, hey, you know, you know I, what? We're I was never gonna... talking about a movie right now. I'll yeah. take all this out. I'm sorry. No, that was good. I'm, I'm not. I'm just not good at transitions. So uh, on that note, <laughs> no, it's but so hold on. So when I told Marissa that this was a Christmas movie, <laughs> which she was there's like, a debate about that. There is a debate. I said, hell yeah, it's a Christmas movie, even though I haven't seen it. It absolutely is. It takes place during Christmas. So, you know, that's why we're talking about Christmas so and much. And it has a Christmas message. What I have is Will the Smith Christmas over message, Christmas. Ryan? I have a few ideas of what the Christmas message should well, be. Vin Diesel would say, family. Family. <laughs> because we have to always put in a plug for Fast and Furious yeah, in our exactly. podcast. So, I don't know. It has kind of a message of, uh, you know, of the love and closeness of family. And I don't know. It was okay, kind of weird well, how, how John... <laughs> It was kind of stalking his estranged wife, but, uh... My, uh, Christmas message was way different than yours, so... Well, what, what's your message for the movie? Well, I had a couple in mind. Um, I was thinking... What's the moral of Die Hard? I was thinking, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Is that the Christmas message? <laughs> <laughs> we can go anywhere you want. You can walk out of here or be carried out. But have no illusions. We are in charge. Decide now, each of you. Um, Please remember, we have left nothing to chance. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. That was my favorite part of the whole yeah. movie, by the way. <laughs> that, was good. that was good. We'll get into that. Or, or maybe... The, the Christmas message was, make fists with your toes. Right, the, yeah. the annoying guy on the plane. <laughs> There's always an annoying guy on the plane. What is it with rest. planes and annoying people? They just go together. Like, yeah. let, me, let me give you some unsolicited advice about... Go ahead, Ryan. Whatever. Yes, advice. Curl your toes, Josh. Yeah. yeah. So And, of course, that takes place at the beginning of the movie when Bruce Willis is on his way to California. Right. To visit his family. California. Mm-hmm. From New York, because he's a New York cop. He's a New York B-cop, mm -hmm. and this is pre-9-11, so... Obviously. Yeah, so <laughs> takes his gun on a totally normal flight. 
He's like, it's okay, I'm a cop. And he's hoping to make amends with his estranged wife, Holly. Mm -hmm. Holly. Oh, oh very Christmas, Christmas anybody? Christmas, anybody? <laughs> After arriving in L.A., he goes on a limo drive and with one of the funnier actors of the movie, I thought. Yeah, what's his character's name? Argyle? Is that his name? Yes, I believe the driver's Argyle. Mm -hmm. Goes on this limo drive to this really ominous corporate high tower. Right. Oh, but, it, but we just can't, an evil building. Yeah. We can't <laughs> fail to mention Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis. Yes. Right? Yes. That was awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, and then, you know, John's boomer mentality emerges as he's criticizing the song. Don't you need Christmas music? He goes, man, this is Christmas music. It's Run DMC. <laughs> so he arrives at this evil building, like I mentioned, the Nakatomi Corporation. And, you know, the sun's setting behind a toxic yellow smog of L.A. Just, just beautiful. This was back in the day where just the sky was smog. It was gross. Is it better now, Ryan? In L.A.? I think yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think because of, you know, regulation, I think it's gotten a little bit better. That's a good thing. Yeah. So he gets to the front desk and his boomer sense is still raging. <laughs> He kind of dismissively reacts to the, the touch screen at the front desk. He's like, <laughs> nice toy, cute toy. Right, yeah. Bruce Willis. <laughs> well, he's so bothered that he sees that his wife, she's let go of his last name. Right. That, this is where that's he finds right. out that she, yes. she's not going by McLean anymore. It's something that's Gerard or yeah. Gennaro or something. Right. And so uh, he's told by the front desk that there's a party on the 30th floor where his wife is. And like I said, this party is just boring as fuck. It's devoid of any yeah, semblance of fun. walking around, drinking their... Well, it's not boring for everyone. I, I guess some people are dancing and some people are well, I was, I was doing thinking, other things. I was thinking of, you know, the two, the couple that go up and mm -hmm. find an empty room and have some fun. Go up and then go down. Well, I don't know exactly what they were doing in there, but it's possible. At this point, when uh, John arrives, he meets one of Holly's co-workers, this yuppie schmuck named Harry Ellis. Ellis. <laughs> what an asshole. He's got the most smug face while he's talking to, to John. Mm -hmm. um, and he can't, he can't wait to tell John about Holly's Rolex watch. Yeah, I totally years. thought that he and his ex-wife were banging were like a thing. Yeah. I totally thought that's, those were the vibes I was getting at that point. Right. I think, I'm sure Ellis wants that. Yeah, he's a big douche canoe. And so pretty soon after, the tower's taken hostage by Hans Gruber and his crew. A.K.A. Hot Snape. Hot Snape. Yes, Hot Snape. The late, great Alan Rickman. May he rest in peace, rest in power, sir. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, and do you know, trivia, trivia time. Ooh, trivia night. This was Alan Rickman's first film. Oh, was it really? he was an actor, I'm assuming, of the like theater. A, the theater. Before. Yeah. So this was his first movie in Hollywood. Wow, that's great. Yeah. I did not know that. So they want access to the vault that's in the building. Uh, apparently there's like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of untraceable bonds hidden in the vault. Mm. Gruber, he, he tries to get the code from the, the head guy, Takagi, right? Mm. And Takagi's not giving up any information. No, he's a, sir. He's a sealed door. And uh, so Takagi gets what's coming to him, I guess he... He says, well, I guess you'll have to kill me then. Right, so Gruber murders the shit out of you him. You should never <laughs> say that to a terrorist. Yeah, probably not a good idea. You know, but maybe I that's the Christmas message. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell a terrorist I'm it's okay my to kill you. Yeah. Are you? Oh, wow. Nice. Okay, Sorry. cool, Ryan. over you and everything. No, you're good, man. I said this is going to be a hard job for you. Yeah, good luck. This one's rough. <laughs> I like it rough. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, 
Leave ho, ho, in. ho. But um, Leave that in. We want to get our explicit rating. We'll just, goals. that's going to be our tagline at the end of the... Do I need to start sleeping like in that <laughs> So, so John McClane, he's like getting dressed while everyone else is getting taken hostage. And so he's out of the picture and the, the terrorists don't realize that he's there. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he's just crawling around, I'm guessing impossibly, around the air ducts. Because I don't think that's an actual thing you can do. In industrial air ducts, can you actually fit in those and crawl around? That seems like a movie trope to me. Is this the first movie with some dude crawling through the air ducts? Is this like... I think so. When I think of air duct crawling, I think of Goldeneye from, you know, 007. Uh Goldeneye. Especially the video game. Yeah. You crawl around the air ducts. I think of, like, Slick Willy in The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Where he greases himself up. up. No, you cannot run a greased Scotchman! This might be the first cinematic air duct crawl. I don't know. We'll have to do some more research on that. <laughs> we'll get back to you, listeners. Yes, listen, and listeners, if you happen to know when the first air duct crawling scene took place, let us know. Yeah, let us know on social media via unrestricted movie podcast on in- <laughs> on Instagram. We have a we have a, an email too. Do we really? Ooh, nice. Wait, yeah, we're on the gram and we have an email. Let's hear we, it. We are on the gram. Email is. The unrestricted movie podcast at gmail.com. Nice. Just awesome. like just like our logo. So if you would like to be our first email ever, yeah. send us an email. Confidential, of course. Please no dick pics and titty pics. If you say so, Ryan. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> Awkward silence. Just actual <laughs> questions and comments, please. <laughs> so anyhow, he's he's crawling around the air ducts and Han, Hans. I almost said hands, like hands solo. Who is this? Who is this? Hans? <laughs> Who is this Hans? So Hans becomes aware of his presence. I don't remember how he became aware. Do you remember? Of McLean? Yeah. That. How did they become? Ellis, well, Ellis really is the one that right. tells him who he. Oh, but how did they first talk? Start talking to each other and stuff. Or how did they know that John was in the building? Um. Because why do they know that he's in the building? I don't know, God damn it. I, I don't remember, but they become He's aware of his presence noise or something. Right. Or killing someone. And so they, they send a guy to go kill him. Yeah. Right? You know, it's the natural thing to do from a terrorist. But because every single one of these guys, these henchmen, cannot take a shot to save their lives, cannot hit the broad side of a barn. Right. They're just bad shots. Poor Hans should have hired better help. The, this guy... That is sent to go kill John. He gets taken over, and and McLean kills him. Takes his gun and his radio. And yes. at this point, he's able to contact the LAPD. But the LAPD, being the dismissive people well, that they are, well, except for Al, right? So so they don't believe. They're skeptical. They don't believe John's story. Mm-hmm. So they send this uh, kind of doofy uh, sergeant Al to go investigate. Al, I'm going to be referring to as Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow. Oh, that could be a new nickname. Because he can be the he can be Big Carl. He was in Family Matters. That's, that's I know I, I recognized from. him. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, when we first meet him, he's at a you know convenience store buying up all of the Twink was it Twinkies? Yeah, for his pregnant wife, which is obviously or which is honestly the best excuse ever made to buy Twinkies for anything embarrassing. You just say it's for my pregnant wife. Have like, you used that before? Give me a scenario, and then I'll say. It's for my pregnant wife. And Tampons. It was, it's for my pregnant wife. You kill a man. It's for my pregnant wife. <laughs> I mean... Bread toast. It's for my pregnant wife! Good lord. Is that it? Nothing else. Buried treasure. 
It's for my pregnant wife. Okay. I, mean, I was just thinking of the worst examples I could give you. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that Urkel would show up in this film, though, so he could, he could well, get mad at him. But we do have Psycho Urkel. Right. So, right. Interjection. It looks like the first James Bond film has him crawling through the booby-trapped air ducts to escape his cell in 1962. Oh! Is that Dr. No? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. So Sean Connery pioneered the air duct crawl. You learn something new every day. Thank you, Marissapedia. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I don't remember where we were. Well, we were talking about Alf and how right. they send him over to the building to, you know, investigate a little bit. Right, so was stupid. Al, played by Reginald Bell Johnson. I liked Al. He's a good character. He's nice. And Compared to the general, who's an asswipe. Yeah, a lot of the FBI and the other guys are kind of really douchebags. Mm -hmm. Big but, Johnson um, and Little Johnson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's their names in the credits. Right. The two FBI agents. Okay. Big Johnson and Little Johnson. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, he, he goes to investigate and um, he does the absolute bare minimum while investigating the tower, basically. He found nothing here. Nothing going on here. Yeah, he walks in to kind of start looking around and he realizes, you know, how large the building is and he's like, I don't have time for this crap. <laughs> right. So he turns around and leaves. Right, and as he's about to leave, McLean drops one of the bad guy's bodies onto his car. Right. And that gets his attention. Oh, there's something going on here. But of course, we know, or we come to find, that Hans wants the police there and it's all part of his plan in the first place. Right. So. Uh, while this is happening, John has a shootout with a bunch of guys on the roof, and again, they're just horrible shots. They can't hit anything. Uh, he ends up killing a bunch of them and stealing their C4 explosives. Hey, Lincoln 30 to dispatch. 830, go ahead. Yeah, that's a wild goose chase over here at Nakatomi Plaza. Everything here is okay, but nobody has no place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Al finally calls for backup, and when the backup arrives, they just immediately storm the building. Like, that's, mm. they don't have any plan going in. They just, okay, we're going in. Which, of course, turns out to be a big mistake. Right. So they don't realize the firepower that they're dealing with, and John has to save their asses, basically, by throwing some C4 down the elevator shaft and killing a bunch of the terrorists. and Blowing up a whole level of the building, basically. Right. <laughs> right? Gotta have some good explosions in there, Ryan. There were some great explosions in this movie. Um, and then Harry Ellis, the yuppie... Douche canoe. Douche canoe. I was trying to think of the word that you used earlier. Douche, douche canoe Ellis. <laughs> He's like, I got this, guys. And so he goes in to negotiate with Hans. Right. And uh, kind of tries to give up McLean, but I don't know. Obviously does not work out for him. He's really just trying to save his own ass. He really, yeah, it's all selfishly motivated. He kind of becomes the the worm tongue to Gruber's Saruman. <laughs> Very great analogy, yes, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd, by the way. <laughs> uh, Gruber ends up killing Harry Ellis when mm -hmm. McLean won't surrender. Um, and then Gruber and McLean meet in one of the hallways. 
and Gruber pretends to be a hostage at this point, right? Right, yeah. It's very clever by Mr. Hans. Right, because McLean at this point doesn't know what Gruber looks like. He just knows his voice. So so McLean ends up giving him a gun, and at this point Gruber turns the gun on McLean, and that's, you know, he reveals himself by doing mm-hmm. so. But it turns out the gun was unloaded. So John's thinking a couple steps ahead. Right, he was on to him. Right. More bad guys arrive at this point. They try to kill John again, but again, they couldn't hit anything. These are the worst gunmen. They're really bad, you know. So then the FBI fucks up again, like they always do, and they they turn off the power to the building. Ah, which allows the terrorists to get past the final (sighs) safeguard of the vault and get to all the dough. Right. And um, Gruber is demanding a helicopter from the FBI. Um, the FBI agrees, but you know they're going to be some sneaky motherfuckers. So mm-hmm. they actually send up a gunship with some FBI guys with some long rifles. Right, right. But but of course, Hans's plan this whole time is to get everybody on the roof, blow the roof, and then have them escape and to make everyone think that they're dead. Right. So they can have a clean getaway. Right. He wants to fake his own death with his crew and. Um, he finds out that John, or that Holly's John's wife, John, 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 John. <laughs> okay, let me, let me retake that. So, um, <laughs> rewind, rewind. Okay. So, Gruber finds out that Holly is John's wife, mm-hmm. and he, you know, takes her personally hostage, and, um, McLean, to save his wife, surrenders to Gruber. Um, Gruber's about to shoot John. But John pulls out a concealed gun from behind his back mm-hmm. and shoots Gruber. But Gruber's still not dead. Got to do the double tap, Ryan. Got to do the double tap. Double tap. Or go for the headshot. Yeah. Gruber's, at this point, he's hanging out the window of this high rise. Um, and he's clinging on to, to Holly's wrist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Then, of right. course, we have the Rolex. And then what a sacrifice Holly makes at this I point. Can't, yeah. Can you imagine the sacrifice of giving up? I don't know, your, your, your life for a Rolex actually seems like a pretty good trade. Right, so it's actually John who takes off the, <laughs> the Rolex. Oh, she was ready to go down with the ship for the Rolex, apparently. <laughs> Freeze her, and, and Hans Gruber has one of the best falls in cinematic history. Yes, he does. He falls to his death. <laughs> Happy trails, Hans. And um, then they escape. They uh, drive away together with inside the the limo. Mm. Oh, and then Al saves the day. Oh, that's right. They're all ready to go, and then out comes Bizarro Farbio <laughs> with his you know machine gun, and Al gets him. Thank you, Mr. Winslow. Yes. Why don't we go ahead and rate this movie? Ooh. Overall thoughts. We're ready to do some rating, huh? Um, Josh, as always, this is the first time you've seen this movie. We'll start with you. All right. So we're going to give out some golden idols here. Uh, I loved the movie. I thought it was fun. Like I said, it was everything that I expected it to be. It was a very, you know, heartwarming Christmas occasion. Uh, no, but really, I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. It's a great action movie. It's a classic action movie. 
Yeah. I would go back and rewatch this movie anytime. Maybe it'll be a new holiday tradition. Marissa, what do you think? Every Christmas time we can watch Die Hard? I don't know. I think that we should inflict the pain of watching Mr. Kruger's Christmas on all of our children. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, Well, but I'll get right to it. I'd be down. I'd be down. You'll be down for that. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'll get right to it. I think... Down to Die Hard. It's hard because... D-T-D-H. Down to (laughs) Die Hard. Yes. That needs to be a shirt. D-T-D-H. Or we can make a shirt that says, What Would John McClane Do? Yes. That would be a good one. With um, him as, uh, like, in a messiah pose. With his wife, Peter? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll get on that. Um, All right, I'm going to give it four golden idols. Wow. Four out of five. That is one of the highest scores you've given. Yeah, uh, it's it's a classic for the genre, and I enjoyed it a lot. So I, I yeah, I have no problem giving it a four. Hell yeah, I liked it. Right on, Josh. I'm glad you enjoyed this. This is one of my favorite movies. But before we get to my score, Marissa, I would like to know what you thought of the movie and your score. I really liked this movie. It was fun action. I really enjoyed Hot Snape. <laughs> and uh, little little uh, sexy Fabio clips that you know when he runs through with his blonde hair. Um, no, it was it was action, and you know there was like also some some good feels in there with him talking to Al over the good old Al over the intercom and how Al saves the day even right. though he couldn't pick up the gun. So um, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably give it a four. That was nice. a nice good movie. Four golden idols. All right, Ryan. The moment of truth. You know, before I get to my rating, and I know this is kind of off book here, um, I did have a couple other notes about the production of the film. I just, I, I'm not going to go over all of them, but um, I do want to mention some of them. Is that okay? Go ahead, man. All right. So <laughs> just some interesting tidbits about the director. So this guy, John McTiernan, who directed Die Hard, mm-hmm. his other credits include Predator, The Last Action Hero, The Hunt for Red, Red October. So he's, you know... He's got a lot of experience in action movies. Yeah. But um, an interesting tidbit about him, he went to federal prison for a year in 2013 um, because he illegally wiretapped his wife and one of the producers of one of his movies and then lied to the FBI about it. Oh, nice job, buddy. So, yeah, this guy's kind of... A little shady. Not a great guy. Um, and then just a couple things about Bruce Willis that I found were interesting. Um, you know, he's one of my favorite actors, one of my favorite action stars, mm-hmm. especially. And, you know, he's had it rough in the last decade or so when it comes to movie roles. Um, I feel like he just kind of phones it in now. You know, I think the last great movie that I saw him in was probably Unbreakable. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. I, I like him in that movie a lot. Now, he returned to that he character did. in Glass. But what it wasn't as good. It just wasn't as good as Unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't, I don't think they were quite able to recapture the magic. Now, I, I think I would consider that underrated. Yeah, I think so. Right? Like, yeah. it's not, when it, when people talk about Shyamalan movies, they, they talk Oh, Unbreakable's right up there. And they talk Sixth Sense and, you know. Maybe Signs. Signs. But Unbreakable really isn't mentioned a lot, I don't think. It's right up at the top. I'd say top three Shyamalan movies for me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, compared with other 80s action stars, you know, he was just this everyday guy. He wasn't like this steroided out bodybuilder, you know, like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Mm -hmm. 
which, you know, interesting fact, he actually opened up Planet Hollywood, the restaurants, with both of those guys. All three of them together are right. the people behind Planet Hollywood? Right. Oh, I did not know that. That's cool. Did you ever have a Planet Hollywood t-shirt? <laughs> I can't say that I have, I nor did. have I ever been to a Planet Hollywood. I've, I've never been so. to a Planet Hollywood, but my, my parents bought me a, a Las Vegas Planet Hollywood t-shirt that I would wear all the time to school. Nice, man. <laughs> But, um, yeah, he did most of his own stunts for this movie, for Die Hard. And if you want to feel old right now, oh, please. he was only 33 when this movie came out. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Damn, we're older than Die Hard Bruce Willis. And John McClane. Yeah. Oh, shit. And just one last thing before I get in my rating. He, uh, just like James Earl Jones, he uh, Bruce Willis spoke with a stutter as a child. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the kids in high school named him Buck Buck. Buck Buck? Yeah. Oh, that sounds kind of mean. <laughs> I'm guessing because of the stutter. I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe it toughened him up and made him the well. Then he got in, that he is. He got into drama in high school, and and acting helped him get over his stutter. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, this is just a great Christmas film, and you know, to anybody doubting that this is a Christmas film. Just watch the movie. It, it's got Christmas music. It's set around a Christmas party. There's many Christmas lines throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great Christmas film. It's a great action film. I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm not going to go perfect score. Nice. But I'm going to give yeah. this a four and a half golden idol. Sweet. Yeah. So, yippee ki -yay. Motherfuckers. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening. Um, please follow us on social media. Uh, like we said, our uh, Marissa, can you give out our social medias again? Yes. Okay, social media for Instagram is Unrestricted Movie Podcast. And then our email account is The Unrestricted Movie Podcast at gmail.com. Right, so follow us on Instagram, send us your questions and comments to our email. Suggestions for movies to review? Why uh, not? Yeah. We can, we're always open to adding to our list. Our, our list is evergreen, just like a Christmas tree. Evergreen. And or if you, just, if you just have a comment about like a, what made you laugh on the show, like let us, let us know. Oh, yeah. Or what made you cry? Or what made you cringe? Or <laughs> what made you throw up? I don't know. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with this podcast, so... But feedback, yes, always appreciated. Give us five stars on wherever it is that you're watching or listening to the podcast. Tune in next week. This was the first of two Christmas episodes that we're doing. Tune in next week for our second and final Christmas episode where we are going to be reviewing which movie, Josh? Bad Santa. Hell yeah. We planned that in advance. <laughs> totally did. Good night, everybody. Thanks. See ya. Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. Thanks, <laughs> you be motherfuckers. <laughs>